Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Folks, if you have your Bible tonight, just go ahead and and pick that up. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 17. Tonight, and we're going to pick right back up. I'm going to share just a a few deeper thoughts with you tonight pertaining to Jezebel's table. And many of you over the years, no doubt, have studied the spirit or or the Jezebel spirit. And uh, even though Jezebel herself, of course, is dead, uh, her spirit does live on. And uh, we truly have to conquer that. And and the thing that is, is relevant today is that truly, The Jezebel spirit wants to operate in many uh, so-called Christians' life, and we'll talk more about that tonight. And if you recognize any of these things, I'll have a list of things here in just a moment up on the screen. And if you recognize any of these things in your own life, then uh, tonight at the end, it'll be my prayer, and we'll pray together that the Lord, if the Holy Spirit has pointed those out, that then we will yield that. Uh, back to God and ask him to take any of that out of our life. So 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 17, the word of God says, And it came to pass that when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Are you the one that troubles Israel? And he answered, he said, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and your father's house, and that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the grove 400, a total of 850. And the word of God says this, which eat at Jezebel's table. And what that really means, the word table there is the word spread. And when we talk about that and we think about maybe going to a homecoming meal or something such as that, you look and you say, man, what a spread. Well, it was spread out like that. And the reason for that, that's set at Jezebel's table. And you can tie that together with the church at Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2 and see that she was not just a seductress, but she wanted to teach. And you can kind of see those that gathered around her table there. And as it alludes to that, we can go ahead and see that the word of God would tell us in other scriptures that because of Jezebel and Ahab marrying Jezebel, that he became the most wicked king uh, that had ever been. And Sunday, you all heard me speak, and it had uh, pretty well a prophetic tone. It it was different to me as the Lord uh, began to speak to me somewhere between 4 and 5 o'clock in a way. And you can go back and and look at that if you want but uh, or listen to that if you'd like. But truly, it was such a strong download. and, And the reason for that is because I feel like that there is a real Jezebel spirit trying to take root tonight. We're going to identify through uh, six, eight, maybe ten different things that are actually the traits that she has. And uh, we can truly see those working today. And the sad part of this is that many times we attribute to it working in the world. But Jezebel wants to gain control in the church. And this is something that probably every pastor or most every pastor has faced at some point in his life. And it's not just the ones necessarily that are in their pew but it can be himself in the pulpit because the Jezebel spirit truly wants to gain control in anyone that she can. I I wrote this note down as we get into the study, and I just wrote this down uh, for myself. I said, if she can't get to the head, which means the pastor or 
or, or in that way in the church, she will get to his heart. Now, what does that mean? That if she can't get to the head or whoever is in the position of leadership, she'll get to his heart. And when he say gets to his heart, who is it or what is it that he loves? And Jezebel, remember, you'll see this in a minute, she is very manipulative. Now, remember, she doesn't have to be in front of people, okay? She doesn't necessarily because many times you're going to see this. She's going to work behind the scenes. But she gets control by working not necessarily out in front but behind. And that's where we were talking about Sunday, about cutting those strings. So, guys, if you could, if you could put up that first picture that we had there Sunday. I like that picture of Jezebel that we had up just kind of to lead in to where we were. And you can see this, that many times uh, it, it, it can come in a way, and, and Jezebel knows what she's doing. She will come through flattery, and I think even in the prophecy uh, that I was giving or the word that I was giving there Sunday that the Lord had given me, you will find that she will flatter, that she will pat you on the back only with the intention not to promote you but to promote her agenda. And she wants control ultimately. So, Eric, if one of you guys could back there, if you could pull up the next slide of Jezebel's table, I want you to see this, that Jezebel can be male or female just because we know that she was uh, that she was a female. <laughs> Can you pull up that next slide for me, guys? Thank you. The one that's got the traits on there. So when you, oh, we're going to get there. Just keep going. We'll get there. So when you begin to look at that, I'll go ahead and read this. They can be male or female, but her traits are this. The one trait that you're going to see in her is rebellion. Why? Because she wants authority. You take your child, for instance. Your child is not taught rebellion. Your child is born with rebellion. Why is that? Because he comes from the seed of Adam. But when that comes, and it simply comes down to this rebellion, is coming to the place where we get stiff-necked. We can see this operate in Saul, which was the first king of Israel. We can see that we become stiff-necked. However, we can also see that as the Lord is alluding to Moses as he's bringing uh, those folks out of Egypt. He said, they are so stiff-necked. What is it? They want their own way. Tonight, this is one thing that I want you to look at in your own life as we go down this list. Are you rebellious? Do you have a problem with somebody telling you no? Do you have a problem with the rebellious that you begin to balk, that you begin, and it, it, you begin to take on the attitude, hold on a minute, you're not going to tell me what to do. Now, when you think about that, you think that, hey, listen, I, 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 I never thought that was a Jezebel spirit, and yet that it is. Because it is getting your own way, which is wanting control. Listen, and not just that, she was also seducing, very seductive, that when you go back to 1 Kings chapter 16, you will find that she was the daughter of Ethbaal. And he, he was the one, her very father was not just king of the Zidonians, but also a priest to Baal. Now, the thing about Baal that you and I need to understand is that they believed in child sacrifice. And, and we're going to allude to that more, I think, towards the end of this message. But truly, you can see that she wants to garner life the way that she wants it. She wants to do it that simple. So how does she do? She, she begins to seduce. It's the way that she talks. We talked a little bit about that Sunday. Also, she does this. She lies. She manipulates. She moves you, if you will, just like uh, on a checkerboard. She begins to move in that way in your life. Why? So that she can position you for her own gain or glory. Okay? 
The other thing that you can see in this also, and I guess it's on the list here, is this. Thank you, Eric. Is sorcery and witchcraft. Now, when we think of sorcery and witchcraft, we begin to think about cauldrons. We begin to think about pointed hats. But today, I need to tell you that witches and what we call and what the world would call white witches, uh, the number of those are much on the rise. Many of you will remember uh, that even when President Trump, even when he was going to be elected, that many of those white witches were getting together and casting spells and doing things like that. Here's the thing that I need to tell you is that before there was Harry Potter, that before there was the Wicked Witch of the East and all of those things, before there was any of that, there was a Jezebel spirit. Why? Because she operates out of the core of evil. Now, when we look at that and we think about sorcery and witchcraft, it's casting a spell. Casting a spell would be that to get someone to do something for them or through them by either what they say in that manner. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Now, we are down the list here, rebellion, seduction, lying, manipulation. And when we begin to look at these own things, and, and you probably get to the point and say, wait a minute, and I don't practice witchcraft. I don't practice sorcery. But do you move people around? Do you speak things to people? All of these things are like a trifecta with manipulation, sorcery, and witchcraft. Those things are so intertwined. Do you move people to get them in a position so that you can be Lord over their life. The other thing that she is is this, is that she is prideful. She is very prideful. She is not only elusive, she is deceptive, almost one and the same there. And when you begin to see that, you begin to see in your own life, and this is something that every time, and I've done this study before, I've studied this Jezebel spirit. And almost every time that I do, I have to take a personal inventory, Asher, of my own life. Because I'm going to tell you, Christian, you may think that, wait a minute, I've been inoculated against that. Hold on, wait just a minute. Can I tell you, no, this is the thing. You can be a Christian by name and be Jezebel by action or deed. This Jezebel spirit that is moving today, I believe not just, not just in the world, but like I said, also in the church, I can see a culmination of, of it coming together. And so tonight, I'm praying, I'm praying that some of us will wake up. If you're one of those people that say, I have to be in control, you know what, it's this, that, and, and, and all these things. If you're one of those people, then we will pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict all of us if we have any of these issues. There's much more than just those few that I listed there. I want to get to this point, and, and like I said, I, this is really what's been on my heart because of the COVID-19 outbreak and different things such as that. And guys, once again, I'm telling you, I've made it very clear from the pulpit. Man, what a real concern that we have, and especially tonight, even here in the county, and, and those things to pray for all or any of those folks that are not just on the front lines, but also those that have contracted that. The one thing that she does, and this is really my point tonight that I'd like to make, that she's so good at is that she masks her identity. If you all could pull that up. She masks her identity. She hides. She hides. She wants to mask. When you think of the word mask, you, you, 
I know we think your mind may go to Halloween or different things, but actually when I think about mask, I think about the word hypocrite, which the word hypocrite is to mask. It means to become a stage player. It means to be one thing one place and then something else somewhere else. It may be just like that we are on Sundays, that on Sundays, man, we're shouting, we're dancing, uh, we're carrying on Potter's Hope, we're doing what we're doing, only to find that maybe somewhere throughout the rest of the week that, man, we just not living godly at all. And that's where that word and that thought of that Jezebel spirit, that hypocrisy and to mask truly comes in. Also this, let me give you some scripture tonight. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I'll give you just a moment to get there. It's very, very familiar. And this is a, a strong lead in to the rest of this. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And I like as Paul is saying this. He said, finally. Well, go ahead and say that, finally. Because I know in your mind you're probably thinking that when all of this is over and, and this, you'll go, finally, we can go back to doing this. Finally, we can do that. But before we get to that part, look here. I like what Paul says. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the church. Be strong in your praise. No, he said be strong in the Lord. And in the power of the preacher's might, in the power of the praise team, in the power of TBN. Oh, John Hagee, love all them guys, man. What dynamic preachers, man. And I'm, I'm telling you, boy, I'm with them. Here's the deal, though. He said in the power of his might. So here's what I want to declare to you tonight as we shift gears a little bit is this, is that now we're going to learn how to overcome these things. That when that Jezebel spirit comes, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Here's what I know about Jehovah God. I know he's my provider. Hallelujah. I know he's my peace. I know he's my healer. I know he's my righteousness. I know that the Lord is my banner. I know who my God is. You know how I got to know him? Through his precious son and my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that really that when that day, when that scripture come to life, when Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That listen, this very son of God, that when I put myself there at Calvary's Hill and on that cross, and when I understood that every lie that I told, every covetous, adulterous thought that I had, every action that had ever taken place in my life, when I placed that on my Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God, and every bit, every sin that I ever committed was taken at that very moment, that's when my life began to shift and I began to gain control over the enemy. And Jezebel is an enemy and I declare tonight that she no longer has power over me, she no longer has power over the church, and she no longer has power over you. But through God and through being encouraged tonight, church, that in the power of His might, not in the power of money, not in the power of this, that, or anything else, but in the power and through the power of an Almighty God. Isn't it awesome tonight just to know this, that the same God that parted the waters of the Red Sea and the same God that was there when those three Hebrew boys were in that furnace and the same God that was there with Daniel in the lion's den is the same God that is here with us tonight in 2020. Finally, 
Be strong in the Lord. Can I tell you, you can read your daily devotion and still miss heaven. Listen, you can say one thing with your mouth, but if your heart is not aligned with the cross at Calvary and your sin is not buried in the tomb, and if you are not and not living a resurrected life, it's just vain words. Praise be to God. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And here's where I'm going. Ephesians 6, 12. Jake, the word of God says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, municipalities. I could go ahead and add that. <laughs> I don't need to be adding or taking away. Against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. That spiritual wickedness that it's talking about is spirits. Now, for those of you, for those of you who think, hey, listen, preacher, I just don't know that that I can believe that that you know truly that there's spirits that operate within people. Let me ask you this, and this is something that I want to or I want you to ponder with me. When we talk about a spirit, I, you all have heard me say this before. I conveyed it about a spirit of anger. And when I say that, that many of you out there before, if you were like me, you had a real, used to have a real anger problem. And that when that anger would come over you, you would just about lose your mind. That anger and that spirit of anger that come on you is birthed from the womb of Jezebel because most of the time it's because you can't have control. And that spirit of anger, so when you think about this, you talk about spirits, we're thinking about, you know, demonic spirits, sure there are. There's, the word would allude to so many demonic spirits, another spirit, I could go down that whole list. Listen, uh, even spirits that are passed down, uh, familiar spirits, we could go down that line and it's a whole nother teaching. So the Bible is filled with those. But can I tell you, to all of those spirits, there's only one that gives you the power to conquer all of that. Can I get a witness of the Holy Ghost in the house? Can I tell you, it's the Holy Spirit. That comes against these. The Holy Spirit, remember this, the Holy Spirit won't only point it out because that's what he's called to do. That's what he was sent to do is to call out sin in your life to prepare us as the bride of Christ. But what he calls out, he has the power to pull out in Jesus' name. But you have to yield your members to obey according to the word of God. You have to yield to God and God then will take that and the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, will give you victory over that. So when we begin to do that, you think about that spirit of anger. So I want you to ask yourself this question. Many of you have heard me say this before, that we've heard our kids before. We've said to our kids before, what's gotten into you? What's gotten into you? Or maybe we could say it this way, Asher. Maybe we could say, what's got a hold of you? A Jezebel spirit. Let me talk to the men that are watching. You won't be comfortable with this. No, ladies, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you too. It's still a G-rated show, and I understand that. But your eyes are the gateway to your soul. Your eyes are one of the gateways to your soul. There's five. But listen, that's one of them. Jezebel knows it. Why? Because she's seductive. Okay, now the thing that she will do, she will gain control. What's gotten a hold of you? Men, it's just like when Job said, Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes so that I would not sin against God. 
that when you take that, what is it? Lust, when lust is built upon, it's one thing I heard this said from a good friend of mine years ago. Lust is much like this, that, that a bird is just a bird that flies over. But if you allow that bird to build a nest in your mind, it will hatch its offspring in your mind. So a thought is a thought, but when you begin to act on thought, that when you begin to move in that, that's Jezebel beginning to gain control. When you look at something and that's not yours, see, this is the thing that Jezebel did with her husband, with Ahab. See, Ahab wanted that vineyard. He wanted Naboth's vineyard. What did Jezebel do? Jezebel said, you just stay put. I'm paraphrasing. You stay put. I'll make sure that you get that vineyard. Jezebel's spirit works the same way in your life or in my life. You want it, I'll get it. Listen, I need to encourage some of you tonight that that many of you are saying, I want this and I want that. I want you to understand that the very thing that you want may not be the thing that you truly need. But God loves you enough to let you have what you want just so you'll see it's not what you need. You and I are figuring out that God is truly what we need. So when we look at that and we begin to think about what's got a hold of you, what's gotten into you, what's beginning to pull you. Tonight I want to ask you, what's beginning to pull you? You've got time. Many of you have time. And thank God that for many people, That for many, you're spending your time in prayer. You're spending your time maybe writing letters to people and encouraging people. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. But remember, and I don't mind, Jake, and I think you put this up on the website, and I don't mind as a playground of the devil. And that's the reason that, that the Word of God would tell us that, the importance of taking every thought captive. Every thought. Every thought. So this question. Pastor, you all on this Jezebel spirit and Jezebel's table, and I asked you, or when we said this the other, uh, when we were alluding to this the other day, I said, your table's ready. And we were talking about how many would sit at that table. So what is it that Jezebel actually wants? One word. Control. Anytime that, that I've seen that operating at other people, and even those times, and I'm going to be very transparent before you tonight. Uh, those of you that go here to church with me, man, you know that. That I'm going to be very transparent, and I've recognized it in my own life. Husbands and wives, how many of you have to be right? How many of you have a problem, ladies and gentlemen? How many of you have a problem with saying, I'm sorry? How many of you have a problem after the argument and you come back and say, well, listen, I was just angry. I didn't mean to say that. No, there was a spirit that took over at that point. And that's type. That's a type of a Jezebel spirit coming into your life and wanting to take control. And I will tell you this, that listen, Jezebel, that spirit of Jezebel doesn't just want some of you. It wants all of you. It doesn't just want the man or it doesn't just want the husband or the wife. It wants the marriage. It doesn't just want the marriage. Why? Because it wants the kids. Ultimately, remember this, that Jezebel's focus is going to be on child sacrifice. Why? Because she wants to continue her lustful ways. Jezebel wants the husband, the wife, the marriage, the family. So... 
if he can get husbands and wives to get to that place of pride to where they say, I'm not saying I'm sorry. It's your turn to say I'm sorry. Now, if you were in the house, I'm going to go ahead and do it just like y'all's here with me. How many of you have got a problem with saying I'm sorry? I'm ta- I got about ten, I got eight people. How many of y'all got problems saying I'm sorry? Anybody? All right. That's good. That's good. I got two or three that didn't raise their hand. I'm going to pray for them for lying. Going, I'm, I said lying. I said lying. <laughs> Praise God if you don't have a problem with that. But listen, if that's part of that's part of control. What does she want to control? Now, now let's shift gears again. What does she want to control? I've listed these things. Can I tell you what Jezebel wants control of today? The pulpit. She wants control of the pulpit. You know, and, and what, is she, what, what are you talking about? She wants to be behind the scenes. That's the reason that many churches fail and many churches split is that we got preachers' names plastered on every billboard and sign out front. And then, can I tell you, there's so much of him, we ain't got no room left for God. Can I get a witness in this house? Do you all understand what I'm talking about? The real part of this, listen, she wants this. She wants to promote self. She wants anyone or anything that speaks against her way of life. She will come against, and I said that the other day in a prophetic tone on Sunday. She wants anyone or anything that comes against or speaks against her way of life. The Word of God says in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1, after the fire has come down from heaven, after we've had the showdown on Mount Carmel, after we've had that, after we have uh, Elijah praying for rain, remember, and now rain has come, and we, we depart from chapter 18, and man, there's Elijah running, man, to the gate of Jezreel. And when we get to chapter 19, we find Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Here's something I need to tell you. The drought had ended, but Jezebel continued. One day, this will stop. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? It's going to stop for me at some point. Man, listen, if you will, I got to tell you, man, this world ain't my home. <laughs> this world ain't my home. But I need to tell you, the rain can come and the drought can end, but Jezebel is still going to look for control. So Ahab told Jezebel all that he had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. Look at verse 2, 1 Kings 19, 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah. Let's talk about who she uses. She uses her husband. She uses the prophets. Of, of She uses her own priest, the priest that she has with Baal. She has the prophets of the grove. And now she's using messengers. Don't you love those people in your life that can't wait to get to you to tell you something that you didn't know? What about them people that just can't wait? It seems like they just wait. And when they say, hey, I've been waiting to see you. And they come to you and they tell you some stuff that just absolutely, if you would allow it, would crush you. It's like they can't wait. That's another part of the Jezebel spirit. This is going to get some people, man. If you've got to be the first one to tell somebody about something, you've got a Jezebel spirit. 
If you've got to, if you're the only one that's ever right, you've got a Jezebel spirit. I'm starting to feel like Jez Foxworthy when he does his lines. But if you're the one that always has to say this, say that, or be the one, and you know what, I'm guilty of this, I, you know, because what happens, I've, I've got some great, man, I mean, some great men of God in my life, boy, and they'll share something, and maybe that was revelation to me years ago, and man, they'll bring it back up, and I go, oh, man, that's so good. But there's those other times, they're like, yeah, 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 you know, we can't wait for them to shut up so we can tell them everything we know about them. That's a Jezebel spirit. And what happens, you want to celebrate you and not celebrate the growth in them. I know this is not comfortable for people. But I got some of these men of God in my life. They're getting this stuff, just some of the simplest stuff that they get. And see, that's when you know it's Holy Ghost stuff. Some of it's very profound. And they get up and say, oh, man, I didn't see that. And then it hits me. And I think it may be a Jezebel spirit. I'm like, man, Lord, why didn't you give me that? But you celebrate with them. I had a simple text earlier this morning. It was out of John 4, and I, I tried to text back a couple of different times, and it wouldn't go through, but it was a simpleness, just such a simple piece of Scripture about the woman at the well. And, man, I just, all day long, it come back to me. You know, I was thinking, God, just let me be that way. But ultimately, don't take the woman at the well's word for it. Let it be your word in him. And it was awesome. It was awesome. So I pondered that a good part of the day. So remember, she wants to do that. But these messengers that are in your life, that they're coming. And what they want to do, they want to kill the message. They want to do what they can with the, with the pulpit. They want to kill the prophet, ultimately. Let me go ahead and say this. And he says this unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me. The messenger come straight from her. So let the gods do to me. And more also, if they don't take your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. The King James really makes it mixy there for me. But she's really saying this. Hey, guess what? You know what you did to my prophets tomorrow? You're going to be dead just like them. So what is she doing? She's controlling. Now, I'm heading somewhere with this. And the word said, now remember, I can't imagine. Just in a few short words, man, fire's falling down from heaven, man, in chapter 18. Listen, we done ended a drought, three and a half years of drought, man. And he's all part of this. God's moving in a mighty way in his life. I'm thinking, man. What a champ, Elijah. And then she says, I'm going to kill you. And he's gone. What happens in churches? Preacher, you can't preach that. Preacher, you can't do this, you can't do that. And what happens is that the pew becomes more important than the pulpit. This ain't going to sit well. Because can I tell you, this, this is the thing. I don't want you to get this messed up. Because here's what you've got to understand. Is that, man, we're all sheep in his presence. But this pulpit, I did not put it here. God ordained this pulpit. So whoever stands behind this pulpit and brings that word, it needs to be his word for sure. But what happens is that many times it, the people will begin to possess the pastor and begin to put a spirit on him in such a way. I thank God for the freedom. Can we thank God for freedom up in this house? i got about eight or ten people in here, man. Y'all just praise God. I'm so thankful, man, that, listen, when you're spirit-led, you're spirit-fed. Hallelujah. And if you're not, you're spirit-dead. It's just that simple. The Word said... 
When he saw that, he arose. When he saw what? The messenger just spoke. Mike, I've went back to this so many times that when he saw that, when he saw what? Here's the imagery. For instance, I could do this with you. I could say right now, hey, imagine yourself on a creek bank. Right now, imagine yourself right there on the creek bank. You got, listen, you got your fried chicken over here. You're going to eat it when you want to. You're fishing. You got your cheesecake. You got it all over here. Nice, cool breeze, about 70 degrees. No mosquitoes, no flies, light breeze. Fish are biting only if you want them to. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Then if, what if I told you somebody, look behind you, there's a crocodile. See, that would just mess your whole picture up. And the thing is, is this, is that with my words, stay with me a minute, because with what I pronounce, I can then bring a picture. And so if you think that your words don't matter, Jezebel knows that her words matter. Can I tell you, Jezebel's words matter, but God's word declares victory over what she said. Do you understand? That when he saw that, do not allow anyone to speak prophecy over your life that is outside of the word and the will of God. Period. Don't receive it. I like what Pat says. I ain't signing that receipt. The word of God said when he saw that he arose, he ran back to Jezebel, hit her square in the head and knocked her out. No. He arose, the word of God said, and he ran for his life. He came to Bathsheba, he which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. He was gone. She wants to control the pulpit. The next thing that she wants to do is control the population. Here's the truth of the matter. Is that because of her seduction and because of the Baal worship, much of it was not just sensual, it was sexual in a very deep sense. And many of the men of Israel had left Jehovah God and had taken part in the temple prostitutes or the prostitutes that were there at the groves. That were, quote, religious prostitutes. The word of God tells us that. After Ethbel, like I said before, after the Phoenician God. So what does she want to do? She, she wants to gain not just the pulpit. Or doesn't just want to control the pulpit. She wants to control the population. Now, when I think about that, I'm getting to the point now. I want you to look at the time that we are living in right now. And how that a Jezebel spirit wants to control the population. I'm going to speak to at least two thoughts of that. I, I was thinking about this. What, what, what are the ways in which we would gain control? When I'm thinking about in the natural, in the world, what are the greatest means in which to gain control? I wrote this down for me. Just buy it. Money. You can see that today, that, that money, and we thought that money would be what would control everything. Can I tell you something? <laughs> the United States of America is printing money, man, like, like, like it's monopoly money. You know it and I know it. And guys, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to speak gloom and doom, but can I tell you, at some point, somebody's going to have to pay that back. I can see us heading into a narrative. Well, I ain't going to give it to you yet. If I can't do that, I'll buy it with that. I used to think that the way that you control the world, when gas was almost $4 a gallon, I said, I'll tell you how you control the world, oil. Well, that's out the window. We're printing more money, just paper. All right, oil. How does it sell for less than a dollar? 
or no, excuse me, zero. That's crazy. That's crazy. We'll control it with oil. Remember? That's how we'll control the world. <laughs> that don't work. But now let's get to some real things. Let's talk about what matters. Let's talk about food supply. Let's talk about water. Let's talk about things that you truly need. The fact of the matter, do you need money? Well, if I didn't have any, what would I do? I would barter. I would trade. I would trade you a chicken for a cow. I, well, I'd hope I would be the one getting the cow. So <laughs> what I'm saying is this, is that we would barter, that we would do different things. So when money gets to, and for some of you there that are thinking, man, what are we going to do? And I agree, I understand. I'm not trying to minimize this, but I've got to tell you, Listen, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Money, let's see if I can remember that quote. Money makes a great servant but a horrible master. Okay, and it's true, it's true. But when you begin to talk about food supply and different things like that, now we're starting to get people's attention. I want you to look because I, I, you all have heard me say this in the past few weeks, is that God got people's attention through an enemy in the Old Testament. He would steer up a... He would stir up an enemy, and I'm saying this, I know it's overlapping, and I want it to, is that he would stir up an enemy to come against Israel, and they would come back to God. He would do that also through pestilence, and then he would also do it through famine. But out of the three, famine is the toughest. Well, I'm going to say this, and I'm definitely not speaking this as prophecy to you, because, man, we sure don't want to see nobody go hungry. I want to tell you, at least there's people today thinking about, hey, what if? And I want to tell you today and declare to you that your God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to trust in that. So when we look at that, all of these things now, we're, we're coming to a place where we're starting to say, hey, man, what's going on? So within all of those things, what are the greatest means in which to gain control? Guys, if you could put in big letters the word fear, please, back there, fear, fear. What is the way that you gain control? If I can't do it with money, if I can't do it with oil, if there's a food supply, then how am I going to do it? Fear. The greatest of these is fear. What is fear? Fear, according to the dictionary, the fear or the feeling of emotion often strong and or through the anticipation of danger. And when you think about fear, you can think of it in this way. Fear usually is tied to what may happen. That's the reason that word anticipate. Once again, I'm not minimizing the current situation that we're in. But I'm telling you, many times, the fear of something that might happen is greater than the fear of what will happen. There's got to be a shift. There's got to be something. Fear. And I know you can see that. I've watched and... You all know that I don't preach much politics here at all. But I have watched, as you watch different outlets of media, I watch how some operate in a spirit of fear. And it's like everything that they want to promote is to get you to a place where they can get you on lockdown. And, and maybe another channel or two is the one that says, hey, listen, we're going to be okay. Can I tell you, you choose who you want to listen to. But can I tell you, what you've got to decide today is the word of God. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to bring you to the point of where we need to be. But fear. So fear, most fear can be traced to what has happened. So how am I going to control the population? 
fear. How do you control six and a half or seven billion people? Even if I didn't have gas in my car, I would still, even if I didn't have money, how else could we control? Well, money, all these things. But coming back to the point of simply fear. Jezebel used fear when she couldn't seduce, trick, or anything else with Elijah. And this great and mighty man of God succumbed to fear. I'd like to say, come on, Elijah. Can I tell you something? I've done the same thing in times of my life. (laughs) Elijah was an incredible man of God. And this is kind of, once again, that ties back to the word that I'd given Sunday. In 1 Kings chapter 19, 9, many of you will remember that when I said to the prophets, to the preachers, or to the pastors, and to the sons and daughters, and, and the men and women of God, that when I began to loot, and here he was, and it came thither into a cave. He's on the run, verse 9, 1 Kings 19, 9, came thither into a cave. He lodged there, and behold, the word of God came to him, and he said unto him, this is God saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? The Lord came and said, what are you doing here? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts and for the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant. All of this is true. They've forsaken the covenant, okay, thrown down the altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The one thing that Elijah did that is powerful, he spoke truth in everything that he did. He spoke of the current condition of what was going on. They've forsaken you, Lord. And this is after. Many people fell down on their face. They worshiped and all that. But he said this, and I think Elijah is at a point, what good is it? Could it be that in the back of Elijah's mind, he thought, God, you're going to take, take Jezebel out. But it didn't happen. So the word says this, that when he's, when he's alluding to all of these things, he said, you've done this. They've done all of this. They, they've broken your commandments. They've... All the altars, they've not thrown them down. All of this stuff, or throw down your altars, they still worship there. I even I only left, and this is the point of fear. Fear of being the only one left. Fear. So, I was sharing with a friend or two, I, I, I talk about this, because when we think, what is it that, what is it that becomes the true answer to fear, that when we have fear? Eric, I began to think about that, and I thought, what is the answer to fear? And many of us would, would almost immediately say courage. Well, courage, that when you look that up and you begin to study that, courage is not the absence of fear. It's not like courage has the power to conquer fear because courage is truly measured by standing in the midst of fear. That's how courage is measured. So when we begin to, we begin to think about that and, and, and what is fear. So what is the true answer to fear? So what did God do with Elijah? It was that still, small voice, wasn't it? It was the voice of God. Remember what put him on the run? The messenger came, put him on the run. And then that still, small voice came. And said, Elijah, you're not alone. I've got 7,000 more prophets that have not kissed or, or fell down and worshiped Baal. I've got, and when I said Sunday, when I said multiple, 
Today there's multiples of 7,000 that have not laid down their life to Baal and to the gods of this world. So my answer, in that still small voice, what is it? What is the answer to fear and to Jezebel pushing? If I can get that, if I could gather the whole congregation, the whole population, I would have never thought six months ago that six and a half or how many ever, seven billion people, there's no way you could have convinced me that something like what we're going through right now would put the world on lockdown and this one thing could get control. What is it? Is it the virus? No, it's the fear of the virus. So see, this is the thing. So how do we conquer that? How do we conquer fear? Now listen, once again, not minimizing, but for those of you that don't know the Lord and you're watching tonight and you're thinking, man, I'm afraid. Can I tell you something? Let me encourage you. So let me just encourage you right there where you are. Man, it brings joy to me to declare tonight that, listen, this world is not our home, that when you are blood-bought by the Lamb of God, this is temporal, but you can have an eternal Life with him. So six months ago, you couldn't have got me to believe that. But here it is. The virus, no, fear. So then, what conquers fear, Stephanie? One word. Big, big, big letters. If you could minimize fear real small first, put it real small. Real small. I appreciate these guys back here. And thank you, folks, that are watching tonight. Give me just a moment here. Fear in small letters and then in great big letters over the top of fear. Truth. Truth. Over the top, not under. Big, as, as big as you can get it up there, truth. Guys, let me share this with you because tonight what we're finding is this. Asher, what we're seeing is that truth is being unveiled. That truth now is coming to light. I know this is teaching tonight. But what is the importance of the truth? Because of this, is that we will believe a lie much quicker than we will the truth. And we stay in fear. Listen, let me talk about the diagnosis for just a minute. And maybe there were situations even in my own life that I was awaiting for a test result or for something like that. And it could be those things. And you may have great fear and anticipation, which is completely 100% understandable. But once you receive the truth, then what you did is you begin to operate in what was true. You then didn't have to worry. You weren't anxious. You then begin to operate in the truth, and then you begin to operate in the solution and not what you were afraid of. And there was a shift. So let me give you some truth. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You all know this. We quote it almost every Sunday. No man, go ahead and say no man, comes unto the Father but by me. What's the truth, Amy? Truth is the way home. Hallelujah. Truth is the way home. I have the truth tonight, and I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to sell it for a lie. She wants the pulpit. She wants the population. Jezebel is out seeking. She truly is. Listen, the Word of God says this. Remember, we started in Ephesians 6, one of those first verses. Be strong in the Lord. Remember? Putting on the whole armor. We was talking about that. Verse 14 says this. Stand therefore. Stand therefore. Listen, we're here for therefore. The Word of God. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth 
having the breastplate of righteousness. Everything that we deal with today, it has to be truth to me. I will not believe a lie. You've got to understand today what is truth. As people all on every media outlet and everything else, somebody's saying this, somebody's saying that. Can I tell you? out of the television, get it into the Word of God. We have the truth. We know in the end we win. Can I get a witness in this house? We know the truth. We know the truth. The truth is what we wear. Having your loins girt about with truth. Listen, it's the belt, man. It's what everything else hangs on. Jesus is the truth. Jesus Jesus said this, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hey, listen, pastor, people are going to hate me. So what? John 17, Jesus said, They hated me. They're going to hate you. I'd rather be hated for righteousness than to be liked for a lie. Truth is what we wear. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make. Many people say set. I like the word make there in the King James. Shall make. Process. And the truth shall make you free. Truth is freedom. How do I overcome fear? The truth. What is the truth? Truth is. Can I tell you, my truth is not just based on what I deal with today. It is based on what I'll deal with tomorrow and 50 years from now and throughout all of eternity. Why? Because Jesus has made me free. Now, the Word of God says this in John 8, 44. You have your father the devil, and I've got to hurry. You have your father the devil, and the lust your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he bowed not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Praise team, would you all come up? Don't turn it off. Stay right here with me. If you was in the house, I'd be saying, don't leave. Don't leave yet. I got another for you. So what are we praying for? We're going to keep praying for those that are sick. We're going to keep praying for, uh, for people to be healed. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that in Jesus' name, the same way that we prayed for everything like we always do. We're going to keep praying and believing. But, guys, I want to tell you, there's something tonight that, and this is so, it is, it's so simple. It's so simple. What am I praying for? Praying for truth. So see, this is what happened. Can I tell you, Jezebel <laughs> was killed by Jehu. You see, had, had Elijah never came out of the cave, had it not been for God's word, he would have never anointed Elisha, which would be his successor. Had he never come out of the cave, he wouldn't have anointed Jehu, which would have ended up killing. Hmm. What am I saying? I'm telling you to raise up your sons and daughters with the power and with the anointing to slay Jezebel before she ever. 
You have something to pass down. There's a mantle that you have to pass down to your children. And it's not one of fear, it's one of faith. Guys, can I tell you, this This, this started from, from, from the very beginning in Genesis. The Word said, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And the Word of God said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light overcome darkness. When I asked for the Lord to help me, I said, Lord, if there's something muddy in my life, or there's something that I don't feel right about, I said, Lord, I just need for you to shine your light. I need for you to shine your light. Make this clear. I think there's some things that are clearing up. I believe we're beginning to see where origins of different things that are going on right now around this world where things are at least where they started. One other thing, if you could bring up that last slide, those words that I asked, it's this. You bring up that last picture. Mask or muzzle. I'm not against wearing these masks because I have at times, and we do giveaways, and or we do just basically we do stuff here. We we put those masks on. I understand that, and it's one thing for that mask to be on there to stop a germ, but my concern: don't let that mask become a muzzle that stops this pulpit controls the population because ultimately you remember what we put up Sunday guys you remember how we had those initials WHO you remember if you could go back to that and right underneath that about the same size if you could I want you to put WHO and then right under that I want you to put the word or the letters NWO why because ultimately this is the thing that you're hearing you're hearing much of Jezebel's propaganda right now what you're hearing about is that we'll never go back to the way that it was. There's going to be a new normal. I want to tell you tonight, I don't want a new normal. I want my God to be who He's always been and will always be. What's that W-H-O and then just those letters N-W-O? Guys, I believe we're headed in a direction, man, if God doesn't change things and if Christians don't pray. I believe we, we need to be active right now in this prayer. God, reach one. Let us just reach another one, God. Is it wrapping up? Two people even. That NWO is just simply a new world order. In order for the Antichrist to come, there would have to be a total collapse of currency. In order for the Antichrist to come, lawlessness would become a part. In order for the Antichrist to come and for there to be a new world order, there would have to be complete chaos. There would have to be this, there would have to be that. And can I tell you something? America has never been closer. As I hear free people speak about socialism 
and all of this and, and different things. I tell you what's happening right now. And, and guys, I know this is not going to sit well, but I'm going to tell you. What we are seeing today is this, is that everybody is looking to the government, and I understand. Man, let's look to God, too. Because now, I can tell you, we cannot borrow our way out of this. We can't buy our way out of this. I believe it's God-ordained. say God sent it I believe he allowed it but for any of you that study end time prophecy and eschatology I'll tell you I'd be ready Jesus can come back at any moment for those of you that are pre-tribbers, mid-tribbers pre-rap, post-rap tribbers all of those things the main thing is this is that we tend to have schisms about any of that can I tell you be ready he may come back at any time and if he don't come back for everybody he may be coming back for you truth tonight let's pray for truth come on pray with me Heavenly Father we love you tonight we just thank you God for truth God tonight we are praying for truth I pray, God, that not only would you take the scales off of our eyes, but, God, that you would once again rent and twain from top to bottom, God, the religious veils, God, the worldly veils, that God keep much of those away from seeing God truly. And, Lord, I'm asking tonight just for truth. God, tonight we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And God, tonight as we lift up all of those, God, that are in places of leadership throughout this country, God, from the President of the United States, God, to even our own local magistrates, we pray tonight, God, that you would quicken them to lead not to satisfy self, but God to be led through and by the power of the Holy Ghost in this time that we're living in. God, tonight we believe that you're going to quicken the hearts, God, of even those tonight that, God, every member of Congress, God, those here within our state legislature, God, all throughout this land, I pray tonight, God, that if they are not for you, Lord, that they're not born again, that, God, I, I pray tonight that you'd quicken them. God, let them be uneasy. That, God, we could spend all the ink, God, and it would be useless to write another check to do this or that. But, God, America needs you tonight. America needs the truth. And I pray tonight, God, that you would bring, God, that there wouldn't be this side and that side. But, God, there would be your side. God, we are believing for the greatest revival that, that this world has ever seen. God, we believe that right now, Lord, you're shaking the nations for a purpose and for a reason. God, we are believing that you're shaking that so that that which is sure will remain. God, I believe the foundations of every church are being shaken in such a way, God, just so those that are alive in you will stand and prophesy, preach, God, and declare, and even pastor in these last days, God, a hungry people. 
Lord, we believe today that our God is true. And God, let every man be a liar. We are praying for truth tonight. We bind together as believers in these last days, God, and we declare you. God, every bit of the void, every bit of the chaos, every bit of the confusion, we bind that in Jesus' name. And Lord, tonight we have the heart, Lord, of those that just simply say reach one. God, one more before you come back, Lord. One more. God, that daddy that's been so prideful that he wouldn't come to church, that he wouldn't bow his heart or his head, God, to you. God, for that mama that said, I'll never be, I'll never tell you I'm sorry, only to watch the marriage dissolve. God, for that child that says, I don't have to listen to you anymore. Bring revival, Lord. God, what America needs is truth. Thousand years ago, God, Pilate said, What is truth? Here we are, 2,000 years later, praying for truth. If you're there tonight and you're saying, I need the truth, the truth is, without Jesus, you're lost, dying, and going to hell. The truth is, is that if you are born again by the blood of Jesus, through this precious Lamb's blood, heaven will be your home. Not because of how many times you attended church, sung the songs, or even taught Sunday school or preached behind a pulpit. But it will simply be by and through his blood alone. And your heart's desire is to believe truth. And God, tonight, as they get ready to sing, God, we're praying that the mask does not become a muzzle. God, my ear is attentive right now. I'm, I'm waiting. Lord, I, I, I'm listening. God, for any inklings to where they're going to try to stop the Word of God from going forth. God, tonight we're thankful for the great and effectual doors that you've opened. God, let them, be, let, let them stay open so that every man, woman, and child may hear this precious gospel. Not just from this pulpit all throughout the land from the pulpits that have not sold out to a Jezebel spirit and in the name of Jesus we find that control and we speak freedom 